Hey everyone, my name is Kelvin. Welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. Glad that you're here. Um, pretty big day, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if by the time this episode comes out, we'll be at almost 22,000 plays, which is pretty amazing. God is doing amazing things through this ministry and through everybody involved. And so thank you so much for your support and everything that you do. We are continuing our, our journey through Jesus's teachings and I have a fantastic guest sitting across from me. We'll get to here in just a second. Uh, let him introduce himself. He was actually our guest speaker. So I guess if you're listening to this and you already know who spoke, then this intro is going to be well, whatever. We'll get to know him a little bit better. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, so thanks again so much uh, for, for everybody that supports and shares the episode and, and, and you know retweets them and throws them on Facebook and Instagram. However you do your sharing, uh, the word is getting out. And, um, and with God's help, Elevate is making an impact in the community and around the world. Sir, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Whatever you want to say, what you do on campus, go for it. So I want to say hi to that. This is a shout out to that one listener in the Philippines. I am actually half Filipino. My name is uh, Kent Rufo. I am the chaplain. Some people call me Pastor Rufo. Some people call me Chap Rufo or Chaplain Rufo. Um, My dad is from the Philippines. If you know where Pangasinan is, then you'll know where my dad is from. That's pretty cool. Uh, But And I just found out Calvin over here, our host, uh, he knows my first cousin and his kids out in... uh, in Madison, Tennessee. We just made that connection, which is pretty cool. So um, I am originally from Ohio. I actually did not go to Seventh-day Adventist schools. I went to public uh, high school, uh, public everything, all the way up. And then I went to a public university in Ohio and transferred to Southern Adventist University, um, our sister school. And that's where I gave my life to Christ. Nice. So, and then graduated biology, uh, but decided to go into ministry. I just didn't know what that ministry would be. I Mm. didn't foresee pastoral ministry ever, um, but received a call even without an interview. Um, So crazy experience. Maybe someday I'll tell you. Sure. God God moves in some interesting interesting ways. So I've done youth ministry, church planting, um, been a lead pastor, and then most recently, I was a chaplain at one of our other schools, and then Pastor Russ brought me here to be the chaplain here. That's so, pretty sweet. Yeah. What excites you about uh, doing ministry on a college campus? Um, I think it's that we can start discussing deeper concepts of Christianity, um, morality, and ethics. Mm. Um, they're still a little bit touchy, sure. Um, but I just feel at higher ed. Uh, you know, I loved youth ministry, but to be honest, youth ministry, there's enough babysitting. Like okay. I got to make sure that none of my youth end up pregnant or something, you know, <laughs> on a outing yeah. here, I you know, know, you're all adults. Uh-huh. So, uh, and we can really discuss, discuss, um, deep concepts of Christianity and Adventism. Um, so that's what I love about this, um, about this ministry. Yeah. That's really cool. We are very happy, very happy to have you. I was I was waiting for the moment when I could get you on the podcast. And I was like, wait a minute, he spoke. Now's the time. So uh glad you're here. Let's uh let me ask about this. We the topic was fasting. Something that we don't like to do. Coming from a Puerto Rican family, we eat like there's no other. Like, so it's like <laughs> this, this is a big thing, right? Um before we get into that, I actually forgot. We have a question that we ask all of our guests. 
I can't believe I forgot this. We do it every single episode. I'm so excited to get into your topic. But anyway, here's the question. Take as much time as you need. What makes you who you are? So I could answer that with a deep question because one thing that I'm very, very uh, passionate about is identity. So identity is, I think, something that's, that's sort of plaguing society now because people don't know what their identity is. I think in a lot of, you know, we've got things such as, you know, their racial identity, their sexual identity, everything sort of in the in the spotlight of media. Okay. Uh, and this is why I'm so passionate about it, because I am a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. And my identity needs to be tied into that needs to be not. It's not an option. I, ironically, you know, when I talk to people about this. Uh, I'll talk to people uh, about Michael Jordan, for example. Huh. So Michael Jordan, at one point when I was growing up and actually uh, throughout high school and um, college era, he was the best player on the planet. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe that. Mm-hmm. I am a LeBron fan because I'm from Ohio. But You earned a lot of points with me just, just by saying that. That's good. <laughs> but Michael was amazing. Yeah. The crazy thing now, though, if I if I ever am on social media, I see still this like debate between who's the goat. Like it's 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 resurrected within these last couple of years. And I do wonder, what is Michael Jordan's identity now? Is he the greatest? Well, he's not the greatest now. Right. Is he the greatest of all time? Who knows? But he has to if he doesn't have an identity that is founded like an identity in Christ, mm-hmm. then his identity will ever be shifting. Yeah. And that's why we have these things called identity crisis or a midlife crisis. Cause I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, my identity needs to be tied to my identity in Christ because guess what? I am getting older. Um, my identity is I am a Christian husband, father, son, um, minister, but I know that I'm going to age out in some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll probably age out for being a chaplain on a campus. So if my identity is tied to that, to being a chaplain, then um, I'll be probably severely depressed when I age out of that. Mm. And you notice this, that this happens in ministry. This happens in life where people aren't quite sure who their identity is. Mm. So I gave you a really long answer. I like it. For that short question. That's good. That's good. When you got a hold of the text and the passage and you knew we were talking about fasting, I'm just curious because I like knowing people's, I guess, uh, thought process and, and, and angle. What was your, when you read the text, what did you say? Okay, I want to tackle this and make sure that that they know this part when it comes to fasting. Where? How did you kind of build your approach? So I did not want to preach about fasting. <laughs> I'll be honest. So I was asked, okay, I'm sort of outing Pastor Michael or whoever. Oh, good. Oh, and maybe maybe Wait. it was Emily. It was actually Emily. I talk about them here all the time. Okay. They listen. They're fine. I'm going to out them all. <laughs> they asked me to fill in a date. Okay. okay. And then, but because we're in the Matthew 6 kind of prayer uh-huh. like series, it ended up being about fasting. Yeah. My personal heart 
I would have wanted to do, I think it was two weeks ago when we, when it was, uh, the topic was forgiveness. Yep. So I am very passionate about forgiveness. And, uh, I think that God's gift to humanity is forgiveness and it's not him forgiving us. It's us, the gift. He gave us the gift of being able to forgive. Right. So, um, now when we get to fasting, I thought that that was sort of anticlimactic. Mm. And so I actually, which is great for me, I actually had to do some some significant research. Mm-hmm. Now, my heart is in, uh, I have a very uh, deep passion for Hebrew, Old Testament, and Jewish thought because we are Judeo-Christians. Mm-hmm. And so I... I started investigating, like, what is fasting for a Jew? Mm. And what I started seeing is there was a common theme. Teshuvah, which is repentance, and uh, Shabbat, and Yom Kippur, and really the common theme, the heart of all of that is freedom. Mm. That's really the heart of fasting is I am not a slave. I, I don't think a lot of times we realize how often it comes back to that statement. I am not a slave. You think about this. All right, I'm I'm going oh, with this. Go, go. From creation. Uh-huh. You know, creation was written, the creation story was written as they're in the wilderness in the book of Genesis. They had been slaves for 400 years. And God, and God tells Moses, hey, write this stuff down that you were not property. Mm. You are made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Actually, when I preach this in class, I say preach it in class because I, <laughs> I, I, I get preaching on it. Uh, when I start teaching this in class, this is the power of the creation story is that if you believe in evolution, then things like racism, things like sexism, things like ageism, well, that's just an evolutionary process because we believe in survival of the strongest. Genetically, everything. Mm -hmm. We believe in that if you believe in evolution. But creation says this. No, you are made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. So even though we look different and maybe... Uh, if our sexes are different or if our heights are different or whatever it is that's, that differentiates us, our value is still the same. Mm. We are valued because we're made in the image of God. But if you don't believe in creation, then your value can be different. Yeah, And we show this in like occupations. I mean, we have a doctor who makes four times as much as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Now we might say that's acceptable, that's supply and demand, sure. all those kinds of business you know, items, but really we do place value on people. Mm-hmm. I, I just, this past weekend, I w- my mind was blown. I know so many people that went to the Taylor Swift like concerts. Yep, so do these I. These Taylor Swift concerts and to know what they spent to go on these concerts. I'm out in all of you. No, I'm just joking. No, no, no. Uh, it, but just to know what people Insane spend. amounts of money. Yes. Yeah. And she was here for a whole weekend. Yeah. 
And she like packed these places out. Yeah, 230,000 people over three days. That is insane to me. <laughs> what is her value? So so to the to the Judeo-Christian, we're of equal value. Mm-hmm. But in society that is obviously not really Christian founded, mm-hmm. uh, she I mean, I'm a blip, you know. Right. I she knows she knows nothing about me. Right. Um, but I know a, I don't know that much about her, but uh she's recognizable wherever she mm-hmm. goes. And so we tend to place value on on these people. We mentioned LeBron James. These people are way more, quote, valuable than I am in society. Yet in God's eyes, it's no different. Mm. Anyways, so bringing it back, I totally went on a tangent. But I like it. Those, that's my favorite part of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> so bringing it back to the idea that I am not a slave. Mm-hmm. It, it it just keeps going through the scriptures. When you get to the Ten Commandments, you know, they come to Mount Sinai and they get to the Ten Commandments and he introduces the Ten Commandments and saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of slavery. So really what he's saying in the Ten Commandments is, I brought you out of being a possession. Mm-hmm. You are now a valued person never go back to Egypt. And here's how you don't go back to the to the spirit of Egypt. Keep me first. Mm-hmm. Don't make idols. You know, remember the Sabbath day, all of these things, you know, don't murder, steal, covet. Those those are things that place different values on different people. We're all the same value. And this is sort of the theme of fasting is I am free. Mm. I am I'm not a slave to, well, what we know food is is a main thing in fasting. Right. I'm not a slave to food. I'm not a slave to my past. I'm not a slave to what you think I should be. Mm-hmm. I am not a slave. So that's the heart of fasting. You touched on this a little bit during the message and I, and I liked it. Maybe you can expound a little bit. Um, you talked about the context of how like of how Jesus is putting this into I guess his sermon on on the mount. Um what what is Jesus trying to like show why throw that in the middle of of his sermon where he did? Is he making a point and and is maybe that it? Does he is he going on this road of freedom with this topic as he's preaching? I think he is. I think first thing he says if you read the text he says that when you fast, don't do it so that other people notice. Like, don't look all somber mm-hmm. and depressed. Uh, <laughs> Tell everybody which, you're hungry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and and he's saying, don't get your righteousness from that because you letting everybody else know. It's sort of like that misery loves company kind of uh, that misery loves company thought. Mm-hmm. You know, don't drag people down in there with you. And also just be uh happy. If if you remember, the Sermon of the Mount starts happy or blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Mm. You know, again, hungering and thirsting. Blessed are those who are persecuted. All of these things do not seem real fun 
But he says, if you want true joy, this is how you get it. And then once you get to Matthew chapter six, he says, hey, when you give to the poor or you, you contribute to people, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Because if you do that, then that's really your reward. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're going to find happiness. And if people don't give you uh, adoration, then you're going to get depressed. Mm. You're not going to be happy if you are worried about what other people think. And he says that also about fasting. Fasting is a thing where you get to say, I am free. And this is a, between me and my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And I, it's not dependent on what you think about my fasting habits. Mm-hmm. We, we, we've heard and I've heard it since a little kid in the church my entire life. You know, fasting has its benefits and, and we always hear fasting and prayer. They kind of go together. And each one on its own, really powerful. But I want to know in your, in your eyes and maybe what the Bible teaches, why, why do these two things go together and why are they so powerful when they go hand in hand? So the hard thing with fasting is that it is a sacrifice. Yeah. Because um, my belly talks to me. And <laughs> I, I, I actually sometimes think I hear voices from my belly saying, mm. man, this is what I want. Yeah. And so to say that I am 100% dependent on you, God, that is a huge statement mm. that God is going to provide Every part of my life. Here's the thing. Uh, okay, let's let's really get down to to the truth. Does God need my prayers? No, I don't. I don't believe that. Does He need my praise? No. Uh, you know, you think about how narcissistic God would be if He needed our <laughs> yeah. praise. You know, like you're the great Creator. You're so awesome. You're faithful. Oh well, thank you. You know, then yeah. then He'd be violating what Uh he said that don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. He's actually the opposite of that. The reason he gives us praise and the opportunity to pray and the opportunity to fast is actually for our good. It's totally for our good because we need to know how powerful God is. Mm. And that means that he can sustain you no matter what. So that's where fasting comes in. Now, prayer, I think, is again, it's to remind us who God is and who we are and what God wants to do through us. Mm. So we actually have a lot of power. So we are, I, I know sometimes we're very self deprecating when it comes to Christianity because, hey, we have a powerful enemy and we are called to be humble. I agree. And our power comes from Christ. But the thing is, is if we tap into that, do you remember what Peter said to Jesus when he saw him on the water, when he finally acknowledged who he was on the water? And, and Peter says, well, if you're really Jesus, then call me out. Yeah. Now, what in the world, why in the world would <laughs> Peter think I can walk on water. Mm-hmm. I can defy physics and walk on water. But he knew 
that to be a true disciple in the idea of Hebraic rabbi disciple, I can do what the rabbi does. That is the power of being tapped into God Mm. is that when you're tapped in and I feel like we in 21st century Christianity have no clue about this because we don't see the miracles. We don't see the resurrections. But if you look at the book of Acts, I mean, people were trying to get into the shadow of the apostles. Mm -hmm. There were whole towns where all the sick people were healed. What's different? Is God different? Like, did he lose his power? Did he waste all of his power in the first century? Or are we different? Mm -hmm. So I think with fasting and prayer, God is reminding us that if we are dependent on him, he could change the world through us. Wow. I think, man, that's that's big time. I think we, we forget that like, he didn't just leave and then leave us hanging until he comes back. Like he left us, you know, he left us his spirit, but he left us everything for us to go do and continue Amen. that same mission. Okay, so someone's listening. I don't know where they're at or what they're going through, but they said, all right, Chaplain Rufo, I heard your message. I like what I'm hearing. I want to be free of something. I'm going to try this thing out but I don't know where to start and I don't know where to get my like my mental state. Where do I get to the right point where I'm doing this correctly? What advice would you give them? So there's different thoughts in fasting. I actually buy into a lot of these different thoughts that fasting doesn't just have to be food. Mm-hmm. I say like in everything in life, I'm going to tell you a story. All right, yeah, Calvin, go for it. Have you ever read the book Holes or uh, watched the movie? I've seen Did you the watch movie. the movie? Yeah, okay. yeah. Now, if you remember, you pro- I don't know if you remember. It was a while ago. The name of the boy is Stanley Yelnats, and it's Yel- Yelnats is Stanley backwards. So right, right, right. It was sort of an interesting. And Stanley tells this story about his great, 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 great grandfather about how he fell in love with this girl. Okay. So he falls in love with this girl. And the problem is there's this very, very wealthy old man that also wants to marry her. And he's rich. And Stanley's uh, ancestor is poor. So he's all depressed. And he tells this lady, this confidant, this older lady who is sort of mystical, that he's just depressed and he wishes he could marry her because he knows that she loves him. But because he doesn't have a, a dowry or a payment, there's no way. Because this, this old man has this huge pig to give as a dowry. Well, she said, oh, this is an easy fix. Go take one of my pigs. And he gets excited. He's like, oh, yes, I, you know, I can go marry her. And he goes around the house and he sees these little runts of pigs and he's like, and he gets depressed again. And she said, well, what's the problem? And he says, well, these are little runts. Like this is a, the size of one of the legs of that other pig. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, that's not a problem. See, if you look up the hill behind my house, there is a stream that actually flows uphill. If you take the pig up this hill every day and feed it from that stream, it will grow and it will eventually get as big as that pig. 
Well, again, the excitement starts up. He's like, oh, I'm so excited. I, w- I can't wait. Mm-hmm. And then depression, <laughs> anxiety again. And she says, well, what's the problem? And he said, okay, I can see for the first week or so, I can take this pig up there. But what happens when the pig gets too big for me to carry? And I thought the author was brilliant with this statement. So the the woman replies, every day that you take that pig up, the pig will get bigger gradually, but you are the one taking it up. So you will get stronger. Mm. So my recommendation when it comes to starting a devotional life, starting a workout routine, starting fasting is start small, but be consistent because no matter what you start at, if you do it, then you will get stronger. If you're thinking of running a marathon, but you're quite out of shape, start with walking to the to the mailbox. Yeah. And walk to the mailbox three times a day. And then walk to the mailbox 10 times a day. Mm-hmm. And then start walking a couple of blocks in your neighborhood. And then maybe running a couple of blocks in your neighborhood. You don't start by running the marathon because then you're going to get discouraged. So with fasting, I say if it's food, start with doing just a juice fast. So so you need some of the sugar. So it will help with mm-hmm. some of the sugars in the body, but it's a little bit of a fast. Don't start with a complete food and water fast. If it's a different kind of fast, maybe do a day without social media. Mm. Man, that fast might be even more important than the food fast. Yeah. Because you see what social media does to to people. Mm-hmm. So start with a day without social media. Start with a day without any kind of electronics. Man, that might be too hard. Maybe the social media first and then electronics like on a Sabbath or something Mm -hmm. where you're not on your computer, you're not on your phone, you have totally disconnected. And then start building up. Mm. Get stronger through the consistency. I like that. At the the radio station, they they tell us in all the conventions that I've been to, they say, you're never going to become the best, you know, radio broadcaster tomorrow or even in the next week. Just work on being 1% better every day. Yeah, and, I like that. And, and the 1% at some point is going to start adding up and you look yourself three, four months from now and you're like, whoa, I'm completely different just in the radio world broadcaster than I was four months ago. And it's because you were working on one thing every day. So I, I like that. I'll ask you this last question here. Um, I I really liked one of the things that you mentioned in there, and I we're struggling. I think as this as young people, we talk. I've talked to my friends about this before, but we've kind of seen fasting, and you even touched on maybe the Sabbath as like a as like a drain, as like a oh man, it's like a drag. It's like oh man, my church is having a fast. I really don't want to go. Like you know, we've we're starting to see these things in a bad light, and and I'm just curious what you think. And you touched on it a little bit. H- how do we begin to to see these things as as positive things that God wants for us, not not boring, horrible things that hold us down, if that question makes any sense. So what I appreciate about your generation, which is different than my generation, technically I am a Gen X. So we're a there's a generation in, in between, between us. us. Yeah. 
it blows my mind. So um, I don't feel that old, but <laughs> I'm getting old. So here's the thing. I think that what I appreciate about your generation is that you are very socially minded, meaning I'm not, you know, I don't know you well enough that you are, but I, but sure. the generation is very socially minded, meaning to serve other people. Mm-hmm. I love that. That is at the heart of actually Judaism and the idea of the Sabbath. If you saw in, in Isaiah 58, when he's talking about fasting, he said, if you're just there to like make yourself look humble, that's not a good fast because that actually creates strife. Right. Like that creates anger in you. And, and just what you were saying, like, I hate fasting yeah. and, and I get hangry. Well, if you are about other people, then that's a good fast. So find ways where you're not just fasting, but on your fasting days, this is a day that you actually get to serve people. So make some kind of event that is service oriented. And you know that when we're busy, a lot of times when we're busy, it's easier to forget about food than if you're just sitting there and you're and you hear your stomach and you're like, oh, I'm just so hungry. But a lot of times we will forget about food if we're invested in other people. Mm-hmm. And that's why Jesus did say that. He said, I've got, I'm so excited. I'm beaming. I know I'm paraphrasing the text, mm-hmm. but he's like, there is food when they're at Jacob's well. He said, there is food that you guys don't even know about that I have. I don't even need to eat. And I am assuming he hasn't eaten for a while. Right. The disciples went into town to bring him food. He said, I've got food that you don't know that the father brought me. I'm excited. And I think that if we are concerned with other people and serving other people, bringing others to Christ, then the fasting becomes less of a burden. We don't think about it as much. Yeah. Because we're in the middle of, of, of either serving or doing something else. I like that. As we wrap up here, You've been on campus for how long? Uh, since uh, the middle of September. Middle of September. Okay. If you had to give your best SWAU plug right now for whoever may be listening, um, I like to do this with people that are in the administration, people that have worked that work here at the school that are here. How would you plug this campus, this family, and this community of maybe anybody listening in the area? So if you're asking for the plug, I think that... Swau knows its identity, at least from the faculty and staff. Mm-hmm. Most of them know their identity as a Christian Adventist school. We are faith-based, and we want that to shine in every part of our higher ed experience, mm-hmm. from sports, from the classroom, from the programming, mm-hmm. from inside the dorm. We are faith-based. I think ultimately what we want to see is transformation. And I actually think that the, the people that want to go to universities want life transformation. Mm. And so that's what we're offering. It's sort of a two-way street. Mm-hmm. We're offering that we're providing opportunities where people can encounter Jesus and hopefully have life transformation. But if the student is open to it and families are open to supporting that, 
that real transformation will happen on this campus. And so that's my plug is that that's what makes us different than going to a different yeah. university. Yeah. Chaplain Rufo, thank you so much for your time um, and your words and your message on Sabbath. I know that there are people that were blessed and I know that somebody, God will use this, this little time that we had together to bless someone else. So thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Um, thank you for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. This will not be the last time, so be ready. <laughs> we'll have some other people in here. We'll have a good time uh, with everybody else. But anyway, thanks so much for everyone that listened. Uh, appreciate you staying in touch and in tune with the podcast and all the episodes. Um, if you haven't gone back and listened to any of the other series and all the other uh, speakers that we've had over the last few weeks as we continue to go down uh, Jesus' road here on the, on the Sermon on the Mount, please do so. Catch up if you're running and you like to work out and you want a podcast, go for it. Plug us in. Uh, but anyway, like I always say, make sure and share this episode with anyone that maybe you feel uh, God impressed on your heart to share it with. Thank you so much for everything you do for us. For Chaplain Rufo, for myself, Kelvin. We'll see you next time. And remember, like we always say here at Elevate, there's always room for one more.